If you want to change the world, pick up your pen and write. Martin Luther. Heaven is such a fascinating place, a place of generous permissions. And that is what my spirit perceives, permissions far beyond the imagination. And my spirit eyes, they seem to hone in on what what is meant, what, what's meant for me to seek. And I see a sword on the wall. Yeah. I see a sword hanging on the wall. Heaven is alive, so your perceptions, they feel, they communicate emotions via your spirit, and they just go bubbling over with the real touch impressions to your body. You can really feel them. Secretly, I am just totally fixated on that sword. I can feel its might, its value. It's an extraordinary history that it, it's transpired. It's so special. Oh, geez, I'd love to hear from its former handler. It's an awe moment for sure. By writing in the language of his society, a poet takes a large step towards it. It is a society's job to meet him halfway, and this is to open his and read it. That is a quote from Joseph Brodsky that I highlighted in Chapter 9, Halfway. You know, it's so easy to be overwhelmed in a, in a good sense from this glorious place. My experiential knees, they're a little wobbly, so I asked Melchizedek for a wisdom and to help guide me for what I'm going to need. You know, changing your DNA from lack to abundance requires lots of capable tutors. Amen? <laughs> so Melchizedek, he just smiled at me, and both our eyes, we just kept being drawn like a magnet bat to that sword on the wall. It was well-forged steel, simple design, balanced handle with turned, turned up just to the grips, and a single narrow leather strap tied around its neck. Hmm. <laughs> Heaven is totally listening in to the conversations, my conversation. It's heard and spoken from within the heart through lips that never move as my spirit is moving toward the sword. Let's have a closer look. With my questions spoken just in thought, hmm, I wonder what the significance of the leather straps are. I asked Melchizedek, my answer arrived in no time. The strap is a portion of David's leather slingshot. Well, now, doesn't that take your breath away, doesn't it? <laughs> My next question of its ownership arose with surprising audaciousness. Not that I needed the sword, but may I have it. You never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. A quote from Bob Marley. 
I featured it in The Gateway of Three Infinite Changes, Chapter 10. His, or Melchizedek's, response was humbling. I'll read that before. My question of its ownership arose with surpassing audaciousness. It's not that I needed the sword, but may I have it. Melchizedek said, nobody else has come to get it. My journal notes say, what an odd statement from the Sir, Sir King of Salem. When I said this to him, he held out his left hand to me, and in it was a small, round, ancient, pure gold. It was the size of a, a, a pill box, a snuff box. It was about the size of a 50-cent piece. Fitting, you know, just in the palm of my hand. Well, my first impressions, you know, they feel like it's gold dust that's inside. Melchizedek, he just smiled at me as we exchanged the gift. I gestured, I gestured forward and covered both of our hands with my left hand to do like a hand hug handshake to the exchange. Thank you. I put the mighty sword on my back and I thanked him for the golden box. It really felt like a personal gift. I must have been just 20 inches taller when I, than when I came in. I have grown. Because there is a remnant of greatness, the sword, and it's hanging on my back. You know, what's interesting, my clothes mysteriously transformed in the exchange as I walked out with a new suit of armor. The Unfinished Book, Chapter 1, Introduction to Indulgences. Well now, welcome to Intentional Now Podcast. Ha! Did I get your attention? I certainly hope so. This is an engaging workshop discussion on change, purpose, and redefining. Hmm. What do we say yes to? Hello. I am your host, Kristen Wambach, and I am a spiritual entrepreneur. I am chasing Super Bowl dreams. I'm doing the work. I'm asking some really good questions, and I am getting life done. Done, you might say? Yes. The life that we're meant to live. Let's do this. (laughs) Today's takeaways from A Sword on the Wall is the culmination of transformation episodes. I highlighted all the episodes here, episodes 43, 40, 38, number 8. Divinely, we're dealing with fear today, and I have some entrepreneurial supports for you. They help me tremendously. (laughs) That is what we are taking away today, a sword on the wall. You know, I am steadily amazed at the creativity God knit into all creation. You know, the beings of light, they just serve us, serve together with us without any recognition whatsoever. 
so that we can fulfill our collective destiny. Angels on a First Name Basis, Chapter 11. (laughs) I invite you, I invite you to join me as a patron. Your investment into this ministry and podcast will richly increase your blessing. I'm honored to be honored by your partnership. Thank you. I've left you the links in the episode description, and I have many resources located on my website to bless your journey and to support your entrepreneurial expression. I hope it's as huge as mine. (laughs) I have created, this is just, I'm so excited about it. I have created an e-course, but I just kind of wanted to highlight it here today. Um, Okay, let's do this. So I got a question to ask you because I really like to ask you questions. (laughs) How to host your e-course, right? So I'm going to give you a little backstory on that because I I need to, right? So we jump from this to an e-course, right? Well, in the same light as this workshop-style podcast, I also desire to change the knowledge that I have acquired over 20 years of ministry, coaching, and nonprofit and business. Each one of those entrepreneurial outreaches, you know, we have these desires and dreams inside of us, and each one of them, each one of those desires, they require their own face to communicate to an online world. Yeah, through hell and much high water, I have learned a valuable trade. Podcasting is a valuable trade, amen? So I was so frustrated at every turn I was handing over money just to share the message or the product that I designed. Last year alone, my hosting cuts were over $2,500. Yeah, oh, that hurt. That was just to maintain business. And I was spending so much time directing and flagging social media links like over here, over here to another hosting site to see my products. Mm, I don't think so. Not anymore. So I took matters divinely into my hands and I battened down the hatches and I utilized my creativity and voila, here we are. My courses are now hosted at home. Feels like my students, just like my listeners, are walking in and out of the house and that's the way it should be. My brand is in-house and personal. You know, (laughs) that's, you know all that about me, right? (laughs) So I've shared this and now so can you. So keep your hard-earned dollars in your pocket. Amen. I know that I am totally not the only one who has experienced that. Not at all, right? So I want to, I want to share something with you. What is the most important piece of your e-course? Of a e-course? Mm-hmm. What's the most important piece? So what an e-course provides, it provides the ability to share the mastery that you have acquired in life, right? So what's the most important piece of the e-course? The teacher, the content, not the classroom. <laughs> See my point? Yes. 
It needed figuring out. So if you've also suffered from hosting costs and an overload, this course is for you. I invite you to check out my link. I just had to tell you about it. I'm so excited. I just pat myself on the back. I totally call this a divine restoration. God turned it around and now I'm able to help other entrepreneurs build economically. And yes, a workshop style. Mm-hmm. See why I had to share it to you? Yes. Amen. Come on, let's do this. That is what heaven is about to give us witty and creative ideas to help us solve problems and bring forth truth. That's just evidence of it working my life. <laughs> okay, last week's episode. Ah, did you enjoy it? I always enjoy making them. I enjoy recording them. I enjoy hearing you listen and I enjoy your comments. Thank you so much. <laughs> ah, we have some new listeners. We have listeners in the Philippines. Yay. And can I put out an APB here? I am being spiritually purposeful in my APB. I'm putting out an APB for Korea. Hello. I have visited your country. I love your country. I have relatives um, that are the same nationality in your country. I love it. I wrote about your country in the unfinished book. And I kind of like, all right, I'm putting out a sound and a message and calling for Korean listeners. Come on, hear it. <laughs> I look forward to meeting you. <laughs> well, that was totally impromptu, wasn't it? But yeah, I just kind of like, oh, I just share and I look at the map where all my listeners are chiming in from and I go, where in the heck is Korea? Korea should be here. So now I've done it, right? <laughs> so last week, hitting the mark. I think I just hit the mark again by saying, all right, Korea, where are you, right? <laughs> Hitting the mark within chapter 14, Tools of Responsibility. Did you learn something? All right, I'm going to say that again. Did you learn something? Yes, 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 yes. I shared a testimony that was on a national scale with a how-to courts of heaven prayer sequence and life application. National scales are frequently tipped in hidden realms of the prayer closet. I must say that again. I'm quite proud of that quote. I went, that's really good. National scales are frequently tipped in hidden realms of the prayer closet. Yep. <laughs> okay. You have my undivided tension again. Subtitle, Chapter 3, A Lady in Waiting. Today, mm -hmm, we end our adventure through the unfinished book. I know, can you believe it? The adventure of reading together between the lines of the memoirs that happened when an individual tests and in turn believes truth. We have been introduced to a resurrected truth and his name is Jesus Christ. And this is where we meet with him, beyond the rent 
veil of his torn flesh. Yep, and it was rent and it was torn on our behalf. And as we end this path, we open another. And this week, we come to build on a foundation that we have laid. It's often easier to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Grace Hopper, featured in Chapter 4, Getting Permission. You know, before we close the cover of this book, we have one more example to apply to our lives. We're in the chapter, The End of the Book. How novel? What else do you call the end of the book? Is the end of the book, chapter 15. And as we close these pages, pages that encompass everything within this title, the unfinished book, it's like closing just a brief chapter. And the only thing that's finished on this journey that we're closing is Christ's earthly ministry. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that's finished. As we take the un off the book, Christ's earthly ministry is finished. We have discovered an eternal invitation to life beyond the veil, a life very much filled with the breath of life, you know, and death and decay totally overcome. And our ministry is to the testimony of greater things than this. Yep, that is our ministry, greater things than this, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the greater things in life are unseen. And that's why you close your eyes when you kiss, when you cry, and when you dream. I love that. I set that up in the subtitle for Vision Care in Chapter 5. Ah, closing our eyes just allows us to focus. And hear and listen and dream. So, I'm going to set this before you, dear listener. John 14, 1. And this is from the Mirror Translation, which I love and I always leave the link for you. (laughs) Set your troubled hearts at ease by letting your belief conclude in God as you rest your confidence in me. Okay, I need to say that again for me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I can feel it. Set your troubled hearts at ease by letting your belief conclude in God as you rest your confidence in me. Can we just take a moment here to rest our confidence in him? <laughs> what makes my father's house a home is your place in it. If this was not true, the ultimate conclusion of my mission, why would I have even bothered to do what I'm about to do if it was not to prepare a place for you? It just doesn't make sense. I've come to persuade you of a place of seamless oneness where you belong. Jesus has said, I have come to persuade you of a place of seamless oneness where you belong. 
hear this, young men and women everywhere, and proclaim it far and wide. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. Be kind and be fierce. You are needed now more than ever before. Take up the mantle of change, for this is your time. Sir Winston Churchill, Earth Invading Heaven, Chapter 6 The portions of what I will accomplish, mm, they're astonishing. I will prepare a highway for you just as in, like the oriental custom, those trade pathways where people would go to a king to level the roads to make it possible for royalty to journey with ease and comfort. Then I will personally come to escort you on this royal highway, guiding you to be where I am in seamless face-to-face oneness in the Father's embrace. I'm going to do that again. This road, this path, this ladder, this pathway through the veil. Jesus has personally come to escort you on this royal highway, guiding you to be where he is in seamless face-to-face oneness in the Father's embrace. By fully identifying myself with you, I have mirrored you in me so that you may be completely at home where I am. That home is in heaven. Jesus overcame death and decay so that we don't have to. Verse 12, I want you to be fully convinced about this. Anyone whose belief concludes in who I am will also do the works that I do. And because of my relocation to continued to be face to face with my father, the works that I, the believer will do will be greater proportion of a global influence. The Father is as present in you as he is in me. And whatever you desire in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And your sonship is endorsed in my sonship. (laughs) Faith is only needed for the unseen until the evidence of it in action becomes visible around the ones who exercise the faith. (laughs) Yes, I wrote that in Heavenly Places, Chapter 7. I'm going to share it again. Faith is only needed for the unseen until the evidence of it in action becomes visible around the one who exercises the faith. We have yet another intercession to walk together today. I encourage you to get alone in a quiet place and re-walk with me the ink of the final chapter of the unfinished book. I pick up our story with David's rekindled sword in our hearts. You know, the sword on the wall? I pick that back up again to share this with you.
Let me open. I'm going to read directly from the unfinished book. Mm-hmm. Do you recall way back in the beginning, we talked about David's sword with that leather tie around the handle? It was part of the provision I received for the year. I love the freshness I feel whenever God asks me to accept a bit bigger portion than just my own needs, desires and understandings, new grace, all of that is a resource, never for just one, never for just my own purposes. And that totally melts my heart. Who'd have thunk it, right? <laughs> Sharing it with you, writing it, going all around the world talking about his goodness. I love practicing. I love stepping beyond the veil, sitting on the floor, on my pillow here in the living room. I just love spending my time with him in the quietness of my home, familiar with the spiritual ins and outs. I've discovered so many hands-on tools that help me to learn and perceive, tools I can prophetically act out and use Practical going through applications for the realms our hearts travel. <laughs> Funny, I went into the garage just yesterday. We had used some paracord to shore up a temporary roofing for our pergola, and it was still laying on the bench aside with other tools. Yep. Never seems to be put away, right? Mm, who am I talking to here, right? So my spirit was searching for this idea to find something that looks like the old leather shoelace. You know, the one that's around David's sword. I act all these things out and put them into practice. They become kinetic and tactile for me. I did not get any suggestions from my angels that I had any leather shoe shoelaces in the house. So the paracord popped into my mind and it will serve my purpose, right? So many uses for paracord. It's what ties the parachute to the parachuter. It makes sense that it would need to be very secure for jumping out of an airplane, catching the wind at a fast falling speed without that happens to withstand the up-snapping weight of skydivers and being reusable for many jumps. Mm -hmm. Love paracord. Guys love paracord. We actually take paracord, and you can buy it at your um, local hardware store in multicolors, and I think we put it in the boys' Christmas stockings every year. <laughs> can never have too much paracord. Okay, I'm moving on. Ready? In a high testosterone house, uh, yeah, that's just what I said, right? <laughs> we always have it on hand. Oh, yeah, so I always do that. I tell the story and then I go, oh, that's right. Um, I wrote that, didn't I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my friend, um, John, 
he gave me one of these large swords years ago. And so when I get to act out what I've just encountered in the spirit with David's sword and this little leather strap around it, I actually have a big sword. And so I used the paracord and tied it on there. So it was as close as I um, could put it together for what I encountered. I wanted to feel it. That is important to me, and it helps me to remember it's just another part of your tactile learning. It helps me just like writing it down and hearing it again, right? <laughs> okay, moving on. So I'm sitting on my prayer pillow, you know, and I have David's sword in hand. And then my spirit shifts, my spirit shifts, which is the normal thing in the spiritual realms. I've entered a place that I'm familiar with. I'm humbled, tears flooding my eyes every time I'm invited to return. Emotions flow because the honor to represent and to stand in this place. And know in my book, I did not tell you what court or what council that I was presented for. That you can go and ask the Lord yourself. I'm a daughter of the king, just like you are an heir. And no hierarchy trading here. If I've received a key, then my name is written on the mandate. Mm -hmm. Believe me, great grace is the responsible party for my appearance here in this high confidence is worth more than any of us could muster, measuring all the carpet, prostrate, FaceTime prayer one could log. I'm going to explain that. So when God allows us to step in and represent a larger portion or all the portion of the body of Christ, and there are these phenomenal places in heaven that we get to go be a representative and in comparison, it doesn't compare to all the times that I have prayed and I fasted and and laid on my face. It's just God thinks so much of us. He has such confidence in us. So let's do this together. I'm inviting you. And that is why we are here on this journey, right? Great grace. Both you and I have things that we want to break through and move through, right? And so we just lay those on the table here and we pull them into the forefront of our minds. And that's why we are here to hear from God. And he is a God of miracles, signs and wonders and awe and breakthrough. I tell you, it's handy that I practice journaling with my iPad. I don't need to watch my fingers anymore so I can type as I am encountering in the spirit, which is very helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm moving on. His hands prepared heavenly places for justice for both of us. Judgment and justice are very humbling. He is an awesome God in a right way. Like 
pinch me, I'm here. Pinch me, okay, I'm here. Holy Spirit, I employ your help in wearing my crown as it feels like I've just won the Miss America pageant and the crown is slipping off my head in front of several several thousand viewers. I could feel like that very much here today. When we open our mouths and we share from a place of bravery and courage, put your imagination cap on. Father, I bring this sword before your throne and council. It is not the first time I've been given or laid before you. I honor King David and all who have interceded and fought with it. I call forth the voice of the righteous blood that has been spilled with it. <laughs> you know, wearing contacts and crying, they just create problems because I always feel what's going on. So keep in mind, please, that I'm feeling similar to an overwhelmed Miss America. Okay, overwhelmed. Uh-huh. So you have communicated so much on this journey. Sometimes our greatest teaching moments come in the hands-on ministry of the master. I think I shared with you last week that when you step in and believe God and you're bold and you're brave and you just follow Jesus, you learn more and you learn faster than any reading, teaching, laying hands on anything, experience is the best teacher. So I will share what I'm feeling and I'll write what I'm sensing. He is orchestrating on our behalf. So I welcome you into this is alive. So these words, this is transpired, but they are very much alive because heaven is alive. So this is alive. Mm -hmm. These words are divinely alive. Earlier I shared living stories and the journey of stepping in and out of time to experience them. How you choose to respond and step in is a key only you and Jesus can unlock. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. You have already been given and received more than enough. Measure of faith, more than enough of a measure of faith to watch and believe. Mustard seeds move mountains and all that might be transpiring or trespassing on them. Back to the council. I've set it up here, okay? I honor all who are seated and present here. I acknowledge the four corners of the earth, the four winds that are present. And Holy Spirit, I ask you for your help. I submit myself as an ambassador. And Father, how shall I proceed? I sense this particular protocol issue. Father, my spirit senses I am unable to step onto the reader's or the listener's own mountains. That's you. 
the spiritual spheres of influence. That's you. So my spirit um, sensed that particular protocol that uh, my spirit is unable to come over and step onto your sphere of influence in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So the mountains presented in your kingdom authority, the mountains, the houses, the spiritual dwellings, the places that embody who you are and where the Godhead resides in the kingdom of heaven within you. Mm -hmm. So I'm in inviting you to invite the spirit of the living God to help you and assist you. My question or my thoughts, I also sense that David's sword is ordained to proceed and represent the listener on their mountain. Isn't that cool? Remember the sword on the wall? This particular sword, which is the living spiritual being, has permission to go and assist you. The unfinished book is just a page in the book and the scroll of this sword's history. When I saw it hanging on the treasury room wall, receiving it with Melchizedek's permission, agreements had already been declared recorded and filed in the libraries of heaven, where you or I have the pleasure to discover, to receive, or find ourselves in partnership. Time is just not present. Eternity is. On behalf of David's sword, I recall and I send forth the sound that has been released to infer I invite the sound to this proceeding. I honor that sound and I declare that this sound has moved the scales of justice and will move them once again. I can hear Father's voice speaking to the sword. Hold your peace. I call forth every authorized ecclesia to be equipped with the appropriate eardrum to receive and listen to the sound of David's sword. This is what I can see in the spirit. The sword has been lifted up from where I had laid it before the council, before Jehovah. Its vigorous transformation reminds me of the movement of the wheels in the wheels. The handle moves in a cued response to its target, never turning its back. Light is dispersed in the heavens as if the sword were a writing instrument, framing the earth along latitude and longitude lines. The sword is making like a pan of fire or light, releasing ink that burns the latitude and the longitude boundaries and shores up new dominion. I see the sword tip from an axis of light opposite the natural axis of the earth. The four winds pick up the framework of light, which looks like a drawing on the earth, and place it on the axis of light. And the four winds adjust it three times. The four corners are set like a tank tent peg staked to secure the structure, pounding them into heaven just beyond the gathering set apart one seated at this council. This 
is a heavenly place. My focus shifts. A simple staircase appears, and Jesus steps out, descending to this gathering. The sword and all the spirit beings, including myself, hit the floor, prostrated. Curiosity lifts my cheek to take a peek to watch him walk down. I smile as I sneak a peek with my arms and my elbows crossed over my head, and I notice that Father God is also smiling. Hmm. <laughs> you could just hear his thoughts. A daughter apprehended, a daughter allowed. Jesus descends. I got caught sneaking, and Daddy liked it. <laughs> Jesus descends in a plain white robe and saddles with hair loose at shoulder length. You would recognize him at any child's heartwood, and I can see living beings, living faces, as if they were hologram figures to the light. He radiates them. Mirrors upon mirrors, transparent, screens upon screens, but my eye, my intimate eye, is drawn to the approachable, to the comfortable Jesus the four winds swirl around like timpani drums with on his path towards the center of our gathering. He kicks their side upward, two and four and one and three, upending them, spilling out the prayers contained. So what the timpani drums were, those were prayer bowls. And when Jesus was descending, he literally kicked the bowls over the answers to prayer in the cadence of the rhythm, the one and the three and the two and the four. The area seems to be all at ease as I sit up and I just, I entertain a goofy thought. Hmm. Well, geez, in all this grandeur, oh, about feeling like my crown had fallen off my head. And when we all fell down prostrate on the, on the floor, I rolled my knees nonchalantly seeking its whereabouts. Like, um, where is it? Like a kid having a dropped a toy piece on Christmas morning. I'm crawling all on my fours and I can see through the floor and my crown and many other crowns are falling from heaven to earth faster than the prayers Jesus had spilled over. The crowns look like weighty stars falling ahead of the rain of descending poured out bowls of prayer. Jesus comes and he sits at the head of the council table and David's sword. If swords have feelings, it seems to have an endearment or a history with Jesus. You could just see the sword and Jesus that like they were familiar with each other. So he observes the council and everything we have called forth and encountered. He is well pleased with the sword and this 3D living scroll with so many things to draw your focus and wonder in this greatness of this moment, Jesus and I catch a glimpse of each other. Like a family seated at the table, passing a serving plate around, Jesus gives me a linen handkerchief and something is rolled inside. <laughs> a lesson learned.
Spiritual places and sight are governed by relational honor. You can choose to behold everything or show some restraint to hold a surprise for a later date. You decide whether you want to look or not. So I put the handkerchief in my pocket for a future date. (laughs) Back to the encounter. More tears. It was so awe-inspiring that my eyes were just wet. I perceived that whatever may be wrapped in that handkerchief, I'll discover at the real end of writing this book. (laughs) I know what it feels like, but I'm not looking. It's a secret. It's a secret. So after the sword and Jesus exchanged hellos, it was back to business again. At Jesus's lead, the witnesses at the gathering took the signet rings, signing like a mystical pen, writing in light onto a 3D mandate, still in full screen. King David, he was there and was one of them. It was just, it's like this amazing movie that all these super special actors were there and just like you're watching and where do you look? It was so wonderful. Now, this is what I sense. Remember I said that because of protocols, I wasn't allowed to step onto people's mountains? I meant without an invitation via relationship. Your mountain represents the authority that the Lord has given to you. It's where you learn to rule and reign. Good news, though. This is the good news. The sword I presented that David once held, the sword of the Lord can stand, fight, win, and declare on your mountain. (laughs) May I remind you who David's sword beheaded. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. (laughs) This is what I'm sensing happening here, here in the portion of the end of this book. The enemy or the giant, or the spirit that has been stealing your heavenly inheritance is getting dealt with. I release the sound of the sword of the Lord to cut off its life source. To open the gullet in which it has eaten and stolen our legal provision. We recover our inheritance. And for some of you, the name of this spirit was fear. Fear of the unseen. Fear of man. Fear of being deceived. And just like the armies of Israel, you have been listening to Goliath's bellows for some time. I have been listening to Goliath's bellows some time. Vulnerability has ability knitted within her. A vulnerable focus, chapter 8. Our final activation. (laughs) I'm just taking a moment to take this all in 
and to feel it and to be present here with you. Father God, I ask for forgiveness for partnering with fear in all its forms. Forgive me. Forgive my ancestors. I choose to forgive those who may have instilled fear towards me. I welcome the sword of the Lord to remove the giant of fear. I just remind you that the things that the sword of the Lord is removing, just to write them down. You can share with them with me on my website. But I just want to honor you. You have bravely listened. You have bravely read to the end of my book. Because, you know, we have done this together, and it's mystical, and it's a fascinating story. And you and I have so much in common. Maybe some of you are still spiritually mystical and you're still hiding with a flashlight under the covers of your bed. That's okay. Nicodemus had an absolutely phenomenal transformation too. So what we do in secret, the Lord rewards us openly. It's time for that reward. And what's the reward? It's your witness. You are a witness. Together we began this journey on my Mount of Transfiguration experience, remember? From pew row seven, left hand side, in chapter one, you witnessed and heard the giant of fear screaming in my ears for years, holding me back from believing the Jesus in me. I am no longer afraid. Hope is no longer unseen because faith has been faithful. The unfinished book is finished. It is seated on the earth. Yes, it was a spiritual moment when I copyrighted it. That's for sure. And get this. (laughs) The Library of Congress will never be the same. Did I catch you to laugh here? (laughs) You have witnessed You have heard. I've shared with you this story and you have heard the as it is, the kingdom of heaven manifesting on the earth. You've heard it. You've heard the testimony. You felt the presence of Holy Spirit and his angels. And you have learned a handful of of activations. Those are really good how-tos. Today was an activation. From the very first day that we were there, the very first day that we were there, taking it all in, we heard it with our own ears and we saw it with our own eyes and we verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes and we saw it happened. 
And now we're telling you in the most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredible. This, the infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. So that your joy will double our joy. This, in essence, is the message we heard from Christ and are passing it on to you. God is light. He is pure light. And there is no trace of darkness in him. That was 1 John 1-5, through the message. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing this living story from my heart. And now, a witness in yours. I have already been shown the hope and the stirring for my future pen. And did you figure it out from the very beginning? Did you figure out what the thesis, remember? We started with Martin Luther nailing 95 theses on the door of the church. Well, what thesis did the Lord nail in your life? And you just went, That's got to change. It's no longer truth anymore. It's been changed. (laughs) So here we are today. (sighs) There's something delicious about writing the first words of a story. You never know where they'll take you. I started the Watchmaker Chapter 12 with that Beatrice Potter quote. We're ending. Mm -hmm. We're ending our reminiscing and our spiritual relationship between you and me and the unfinished book. (laughs) But we're starting something new. So this looks like the end of a story, but it isn't. It is a beginning. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I just feel how special it is that you and I together have shared an ending. We've shared a path. I've shared a path and, you know, something just in me says there's something super special about today. Yes, I'll share with you when I have revelation on that. But there's something very special about this day. And I remember when Jesus asked me, he goes, I want you to start a podcast And I want you to take listeners through the unfinished book. I have completed that. (laughs) No, you don't need to go anywhere. This isn't done. That project is finished. And it feels very tender. It feels very special. 
And I'm just honored that you got to share today with me. <laughs> and I think that's a really good place to leave it. And I bless you. I bless me. I bless our spirits. <sighs> to close one door and to allow Jesus to open a new door. Thank you. You have a great rest of your day. <laughs>